This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Rabotai, um, welcome everyone. Welcome everyone to another Wednesday night shiur. Welcome all Torah Anytime viewers and everybody else out there. Rabotai, parashat bo. Very important parasha. You ready? I'll tell you two hindushim. One, very simple, very easy shiur tonight. Uh, something that's very, very important. One. One is, when they're leaving Egypt, what does the Pasuk say? Anybody know? Hashem tells the people, Kachna, please, go tell the people, to how does He tell all of them to get the jewelry and the gold and the silver? Anybody know? He says, ask them, we're going to borrow the jewelry and the silver. There's a very famous question over here. Why? Why, why ask to borrow? Just tell them, listen, we're not leaving until you give us all the gold and silver and everything else. No, what does the Torah say? Beg them to ask them. We're going to borrow the full thing. We'll pay it back. Like, what's going on over here? Hashem promised Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu. When you're going out, you should just know you're going to go out and you're going to go out with a tremendous amount of wealth, tremendous amount of jewelry, tremendous amount of gold, tremendous amount of silver, tremendous amount of everything. But what? The way you're going to do it is by borrowing it and paying back. What, what does it mean? You're not paying back anything. You're not borrowing anything. No. Tell them, we're going to, can I borrow your gold? Can I borrow your silk? Can I borrow all these things? What's the borrowing? And the answer is very, very simple. The answer is that it's something called midah kenei midah. Hashem works measure for measure. Measure for measure. Midah What was midah kenei midah? Do you know how the Egyptians got us to be slaves? How did they con us to be slaves? Anybody know? You know how they conned us? They say, everybody come work, work, work. What are you going to do? We're going to pay you. <coughs> yeah, we're going to pay you. How much are you going to pay? Don't worry, what's the highest paycheck you can get? Half a million dollars, half a million, a million dollars each family that comes right now. You're going to get a million dollars payroll uh, over the year. Now we're going to pay you 10000 One day, who wants in? Everybody's coming in. They're signing their name. Say, okay, you want to work? Okay, what's your name? Oh, uh, did Mar- okay, Mars, right name, Moshe. Okay, right. what's your name? Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. okay. All right, we need to send you the, the paycheck. We'll send it We need your address. We need your number. We need everything about you. They found everything about you. All of a sudden, two, three weeks later, they got everybody's information. The next day, all right, where's our paycheck? No, no, we're not paying you. What do you mean? You said you're paying us. No, 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 we're not paying you. So, oh, you're not going to pay us? We're not going to work. So what did, what they do, the Jewish people, they stayed home. They didn't, they didn't go, without being, they're not working for, for the Egyptians. Oh, but there was a problem. Because now the king of Egypt, Paro, said, no, 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 we know where you live now. And since we know where you live, you're going to be forced to work. And they went and they got him forcefully out of the houses. They tricked him. Sashem says, Would you trick B'nai Israel in working for you? If that's the case, we'll trick you as well. We're not leaving. Let's borrow all your gold and silver and jewels. And now if they borrow it, okay, fine, no problem. Take it, borrow, no problem. Now they borrow everything. Now they see them what? Actually leaving Egypt. Hey, you owe us money. They left, sorry. <laughs> you sketched us, we sketched you. Besides the fact that all the time that they were slaves, they didn't pay them a dollar. This was the payment for the slavery. They didn't realize that. But the way we got the payment for the slavery, all that money, was by tricking them by saying, let's borrow, we'll pay you back. 
Don't worry, we'll pay you, we'll borrow it. This is all because Hashem was commanding them. Why? Midah keneged midah. They tricked us. Hashem says, don't worry, you'll get them back. Don't worry, you're going to get them. How are you going to get them? You're going to see, you're going to get them, no problem. You hear that? You hear the midah keneged midah? Measure for measure. Rabotai, it said that we had to take the animal, the sheep, the sheep before you did Shekhita, before you did Korban Pesach. What does the Torah say? We did it the 10th of the month and we tied on a bedpost and what were they doing? They were coming back and saying, oh, what are you doing with that? What are you, I don't say, what are you doing with that? He says, no, 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 we're, we're, we're going to slaughter, we're going to... And it was there, they, it was exposed. And you know how the Egyptians felt? Oh my goodness. And for some reason, they, they couldn't do anything about it. And they were exposed to this, and their sheep, they're seeing it tied, tied, tied. So the question is, why did they have to do it for so many days? Midah kering midah. You know what the midah kering midah was? Listen to what it says. It says because when they went out, they were forced to get them animals. You know that? Go, they would force the Jewish people. You got you. Uh, I'm in the mood for, for meat today. Go get me a deer. Go get me a cow. Go get me one of these animals. Go get me all these different animals. And now the Jew would go ahead, go hunt them, Grab the animal, do shechita, whatever he has to do, prepare the meat for the, for the Egyptian, and you know what it is? They, they, they're preparing a nice barbecue. They're not just making, you ever have a nice steak? You know, you never had a nice steak in your life? You have a nice steak, you, you, ever, feel, you ever see it? They go on the trays, like, and they put it down, and they're like, whoa, which one is that? Or the guy comes down, now with the, the plate, they come with a whole, I, I saw one time, they came with a whole tray, you know, ever see that? They came with like a, a wheeling, a like a wheeling cart. Anybody ever see that or no? No, that no, it was already cooked. They came out with a wheeling cart, and the guy opened up the the the, the thing, and you see the whole steak, and he's cutting it in front of you. Which piece you like? Which piece you like? It was already cooked. I was like, what is going on? And I'm watching this, and everybody's taking it out there. Oh, I'm video, like, like, uh, you know, like uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like just snapping pictures. The other guy from another day. Well, can I see that? What is that? <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't know, three, four hundred dollar item, the whole tray. And, the, and they had like different types of gravy on this side, gravy on that side. That's crazy. But it was a wild thing. So imagine now the Jew had to go out of his way, get these animals, chase them, hunt them, make them a barbecue. And guess what? After they gave them, what happened? You know what the Egyptian gave back to the, to the, to the, to the Jewish people? Hey, take stale bread. Huh? What are you talking about? You know, you know what I, you know what I did. I used to eat. I, I, you, you know, you know what it says. It says you're supposed to feed. You know, you know they say Yosef. Even the maid was crying. Like one of the housekeepers was crying when he passed. Yeah, I say why? He said because the rabbi would never eat before they made me a plate. Think about it. Imagine the housekeeper serving you all this food. She's putting everything, setting up for you in the kitchen, whatever it is. I'm not talking about cooking. I'm talking about putting it. Of course, Bishul said we have to cook it. Of course, we cook it. That's halakha, right? We cook it. But let's say setting it up. She's setting it up. She smells the. She smells all the all the hamid and all the the kibbe cherry and the yabra and the mechshi and she's smelling all these things. And now, uh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. And then you're all echoing, and she's like, oh man, she's starving. You know, she's starving. She wants. So oh, the ayat says, no, no, the did the housekeeper eat? Did, did she eat? She set up all this food. Did she eat? Okay, if she ate, okay, I'll call her. But, uh, but she's got to eat from the... You know, she's... Sal- Imagine saliving. Imagine you have a waiter. A waiter is hungry. Let's say, I'm just saying, you know, a person that's serving you is hungry. And, and, and he's serving a food. It, it could be a sakana. Sometimes it could be a sakana. If he's very, very, very hungry, 
his, his very good food. Very good food. It's like enough for the person. You got to give him. You know they say mineno. You ever hear of such a such a language from his eye? You know, just give him something to, to calm down himself. Just to, you know, you know, you're about to eat something, and your friend says, "That sandwich looks crazy." Oh! You know what I'm saying? Take this, I don't want to eat this sandwich. Take this sandwich. You know, because he's uh, surviving over that sandwich. You're like, all right, take this sandwich. Oh, I'll get a new sandwich. Oh, the guy's about to bite it now. All of a sudden, like, like the, the thing falls out. Ah, oh, but Anak, yeah, 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 yeah. Jinx my sandwich, you know. <laughs> I go, come on. You know, yeah. Why? Because it's important to know. When, when somebody's serving, you know, and they're hungry, like these, some of these housekeepers, they're very, very hungry, and they didn't eat, they didn't eat breakfast, they didn't eat lunch, they didn't eat anything like that, you know, give them a bite. Yeah, throw them a bone. You know, take, 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 take something before, they, right? So therefore, imagine what the Jews were going through. They were setting up all this uh, meat for them, and what do they give them? A stale piece of bread. Here you go. Sashem says, You're going to see, before they go out of Egypt, they're going to take their sheep, and what are they going to do? They're going to tie it, tie it around the bedpost, and you'll be like wondering, what's going on over here? No, no, don't worry, don't worry, we're going to do something with them. The next day, the next, they don't want it to get ahead. Four or five days, what's going on over here? You made us suffer when we would wait and we want a feast. Now you're going to suffer. You're not going to know what's going to happen. You're not going to know what's going to be. But wait another day. Wait another day. And they're waiting. What's going to happen today? It was their, go- their so-called gods. They're like, what are you guys going to do without gods? Finally, the day came with this shekita. It's like, like a hype, hype, hype. And ah! you pumped them up. You hear it? You see the midah. You see the midah. Measure, measure for measure. Measure for measure. Measure for measure. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't let anything. There's no such thing as, uh, oh, haphazard, anything like that. It's measure for measure for measure for measure. Rabotai, I'd like to go back one more second. So far, we answered, we answered two questions. What's the question? One question was, How do we see it? Two places from the Parashat Shavua. One place was by the borrowing of the money. Just like they made us suffering. They got us in by tricking us. We tricked, right? And, and, they, and that, that's the payment of the slavery. So it's like Hashem paid us back for the slavery like that. And the second thing was with the animals. Right? What do we hold them? Now I'm telling you, let's go back for a second. I like to point out that it says in the parasha to ask them to borrow money. Borrow all the money and the gold and the silver. Now we ask the question, there's a lot of answers to this question. Why ask them to borrow the money? So one of the answers that Ron brings down, I'm going to tell you two right now, back to back. One is the Ron. The Ron says, look, if you ask to borrow money, then what happens? Now as soon as you walk out of Egypt, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to chase you. Hey, give us back our money. Give us back our gold, big our silver. And then what are you going to do? You're going to jump in the water. And once you jump in the water, they're going to follow you to get their money. And I'll make them drown in the water. You hear the cheshbon? You hear the cheshbon? Why do you ask for borrowing? No, just say keep it. If you keep it, no, no, no. I want you, it's not over yet. You what? Midah kenei midah. What'd you do? You threw the babies in the, in the river? You threw the babies in the ocean? That's what you did? No problem. You're also, your nation's also going to drown in the ocean. How? What? You're going to think that you're going to outsmart everything. You're going to borrow money. And now, I'm borrowing all this, borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. After you borrow everything... They're going to look at you. Where are you guys going? 
Oh, I'm running out of town. You're running out of town over here? Where are you going? Going to the ocean? Hey, we're going to chase you. I should go chase them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how the Heshbon, that's the run. That's the run, how he says it. In order for them to get to the ocean, midah kenegi midah again, because they threw us in the babies in the ocean, in the water. So she says, yeah, you, you threw all the baby boys? Now I'm going to show you all your whole nation is going to go in the water as well. And that's what's going to happen. How? You're going to ask to borrow and then you're going to, you're going to get trapped in there. Hear that? Beauty. But there's another answer. Listen to this important answer and I'd like you to pay attention to this. And that is, it's so important. And that is, how, how many years were they in Egypt right now? About, over 200, 210 years, right? They're getting out 210 years. Did they see any, did they carry any like money with them? Any gold? You think they had like a, you think they had like a gold, you think a lady was able to wear a gold uh, diamond uh, necklace? What are you sketching? The Egyptians took them right away. What are you wearing? Oh, that, oh, what is that? Oh, Chanel, give me that Chanel, give me that, you know, take that out, take the Gucci, take everything, all, any, any diamonds that a person had. Your Rolex watch, you think they had to take it right, take it right out, you know? Go away, go away, talk. So they didn't, they, the Jewish people weren't used to all this luxury. They weren't used to gold, they weren't used to silver, they weren't used to money, they weren't used to anything. Now what happens when you take a person that has no money whatsoever, nothing at all, no jewelry, no silver, and all of a sudden, you give him, you start giving him, giving him all this. What could happen right away? He get what? He get gaava. It gets to his head arrogance. You know, and I'm sure you know people like that. You say to yourself, oh, you know, you know, hey, man, that all of a sudden now he made a few dollars. You know, it's a different relationship. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hi, how are you? Where's the same hello? Sometimes it happens that money could get to somebody's head. He's making a few dollars, and what's his first reaction? Listen, you know how much money I have? It could get to your head. Sometimes it could get to your head. Especially if, if a person didn't have anything. Sometimes he didn't, he didn't taste any money, and all of a sudden now he has all this money in the world. You know how... It's protected that it won't get to your head. Should I tell you the answer? I'll tell you the answer. If I tell you, right, that this car, you're renting a car. So you're renting a car. It's not your car. You don't, oh, the guy's walking around. Yeah, he feels good. But he knows it's not his, uh, his Lambo. He's riding a Ferrari. Oh, he rented the Ferrari for a weekend, whatever it is. And he feels like, ah, you're right. But deep, deep down, you know that you don't own it. So you don't have the full arrogance, uh, the full ring. Alright? So same thing. Hashem says, I'm going to give you a surge of money right now, and jewels right now, and berachah right now. How are you going to feel? What's going to happen? It could get to you what? To your head. I don't want to get to your head. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to give it to you slowly. Just ask them to borrow the money. You hear that? Ask them to borrow the money. So now when you say some borrow, they get their money, they, they know it's, it's only to borrow. It's not for keeps, not for keeps. It calms down the gava. The arrogance doesn't, doesn't come up. You understand? 
the arrogance doesn't come up. But this is what I love to say, and I say it a million times, and you got to drill it in your brains very, very, very clear. The more success that Hashem gives you in your life, you're going to get, you're going to, Hashem, we'll all be successful, everybody. So in every which way, in any way. Success doesn't only mean money, it means uh, there's a lot of things in success, you know. A guy who has a lot of children, that's a successful person. I'm saying, the success, huh? Whatever, whatever your goals are, I'm saying, not even whatever, goals, whatever you have, whatever, whatever, there's a success, success doesn't mean, people, they success, oh, right? A guy who's learning Torah, you know, it could happen. The guy knows the whole Shas now. Yeah, he can get to his head. I know Shas. This guy, he knows everything, get to his head. Oh, I'm smarter than you, what do you know? You know something, what do you know? I know the whole Shas like this, you know something? What do you know? So you get there, is that a person get there, is that anything? So it's not only, it has nothing with money or the, or like, like a guy, let's say he's big, buff, he feels, uh, he's big, strong guy, muscle, you know, hey, what you looking at? You know what I'm saying? The big guy, oh, you look at him, this is the guy, he feels like, he comes out, he comes out, he wants to beat everybody up, oh, I'll beat you up, you know, guy, no, 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 no. The more success that Hashem gives you in your life, in anything, the more humble you have to be. So he gives you more wisdom. You're big, big chacham now. Now you've got to be more humble than the other guy who doesn't have such wisdom. You know why? Because Hashem's giving you gifts. And therefore, if Hashem sees, oh, you're taking my gift and you're stepping on people because you feel like you're higher than them because they don't have the gift that I gave you, I can take that gift away. How do you think Ayin Hara comes? How do you think? One of the ways of Ayin Hara, how do you think Ayin Hara comes? You know how Ayin Hara comes? Should I tell you? One of the ways it says, is brought down in Mesechet Ta'anitis. In the beginning of the Mesechet, the first few pages. One of the pages over here, it says, Yaakov tells the people. Listen to what he tells the people. He says to, the, to his sons, my dear sons, we have food. We have food. But don't show that we have food in front of the people around, around us, the Goyim, Yishmael and Esav. Because if you do what that says, they'll be jealous of you. And we don't want that. You can't make people jealous of you. So now what happens? A guy has something that the other guy doesn't have. Can't make him jealous. Can't make him jealous. He, if he has what you have, okay, he's not jealous, why is he jealous? And if he's a good guy, that he has a ayin tova, that he's happy for your success, even better. But sometimes a person is struggling. He can't, this, that, that. And now you come with a brand new watch. And you know the guy is dying for a watch. You know he tells you, by the way, I need this watch, I just saw this watch. And then what did you do? You went ahead and you bought the watch. Tell the guy in shul. Yeah, remember that watch you were talking about? Keep dreaming because I got it. Boom. Oh, wow, oh, oh. And now the guy has a kin'ah. He has a jealousy. You know what Hashem says? You're making my son jealous. Why are you doing that? You're not going to make him jealous. Again, if there's ayin tova, you have to worry. You know, a lot of people out there have ayin tova. They're happy for your success. They're happy for your well-being. They're happy for what you did. People are happy. But sometimes you have that guy that tells you in his face, by the way, I wish I could get that car. And then you get that car and you tell the guy, look, come, let me give you a ride in my new car. Oh... You know, you knew I wanted that car. You know, there's that. You get what I'm trying to say over here. Is that, is that, 
Is that clear? So that's what I want to say over here. That's what we have to say over here. Hashem didn't want B'nai Yisrael to have any ounce of what? Of arrogance. Gaba. So he didn't tell them, even though they're going to keep all the money and they're going to keep all the wealth. But Hashem says, listen, I know you too, too well. And I know people too, too well. Sometimes it can get to the head if it comes too fast. That being said, let's take it as a borrowing. Let's borrow. Let's take it and borrow it. Get it slow so it doesn't come, it doesn't come to your head. This is a, these are very, these are very, very important lessons that a person has to live with. A person has to know, yeah, Hashem will give you bracha. Hashem is giving you bracha. But at the end of the day, you have to live, live, you have to live your life and know inside of you that it's all bracha. It's all bracha. Anytime you ask my father-in-law, anytime you ask him, where, where, where did the success, what happened? He would always tell you. He would always tell you. From Hashem, he'd never take credit. Hashem. Anything. You know, oh yeah, I was smart, I did this, I made a good investment, I made that. You could ask him that. But his main thing was, And no, there was no gava, there was no arrogance, there was all humility, and on and on and on and like that. I'd just like to mention one more point. That's a very, very important point over here. And that is, when it came to the Arbe, when it came to the Arbe, I'm going to end off with this. When it came to the Arbe, it says, there's going to be so much grasshoppers that the people are not going to be able to see the land. Right? You're not going to be able to see the land. So much grasshopper is going to come in Egypt that they won't even see the land. It's so much. And it says that Hashem, when He wiped them all out, it says not one stayed, not one. What do you mean? Who cares if not one stayed? Obviously they all left. You know what people were doing? Fine, Hashem made a whole thing leave. Some people, oh, maybe they found one on the on the on the floor. You know, people eat grasshoppers. You know, the 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 chocolate covered grasshoppers. This is a thing. You know, they took it. They would pickle it, let's say, in a pickle jar. Like you know, you you pickling pickles. They would pickle it. They're like, ah, oh, at least we have hana'a. We could pickle it and make make, make uh, you know. Uh, it. Hashem made a mir- crazy miracle. That they came back alive, Hashem says, let's let them go. You're not going to even have any anah. There won't be one left from it. But the question is, what does it mean, Velo ot? The Pashup shot is that it's going to be so full of grasshoppers that there won't be even time to see the, the land. But there's another shot from the Kliyakad. He says, such an amazing one. He's going to send some grasshoppers that the grasshoppers are not going to be able to see. So what if the grasshoppers are not going to be able to see? One of the things of eating, to eat something, is your eyes. If a person, heaven forbid, is eating in the dark, he, he doesn't, it doesn't feel satiated. He has to eat more and more and more and more. He, he doesn't have that hana'ah of, you know, you have eat with your eyes, eat with your eyes. You know, you ever hear a statement like that? Your eyes get satiated just by, just by knowing, this is my plate. You ever make a plate like, I'm, I'm happy with this plate. How come a guy doesn't fill up like a mountain? Because he knows this plate is going to fill me up. But if you can't see, if it's pitch dark, 
You don't know how much eating. He's got to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. It's like never ending. So Hashem sent the Arbeh, the law you call it out. The Pasuk says, not that, give you a call the way clear, kind of saying, not that the, they couldn't see the ground, that the grasshopper itself couldn't see, so he keeps on eating and eating and eating. He doesn't stop eating. You hear the Hidush over here? He's a wild Hidush. And that's another, another, another lesson that we have to take in our lives. One of the main, one of the great lessons is, is this lesson that a person, you have to understand, you have to appreciate the fact that you can see. You have to appreciate the fact that you can see. Part, you could, you, you have hands to hold that food. And a lot of people, sometimes, you know, you know what I'm saying? You have fingers, you know, sometimes a guy, a guy, a guy, a guy, a guy is holding a sandwich, right? Imagine eating a sandwich with a fork. Imagine holding a fork and eating it. It's very hard. You don't get that over here. You get the you get the whole feeling of the of the hands, and you know you can you can cut a piece. You can eat it like this, eat it like that, dip it in the soil. Not the, imagine taking it with a fork and eating it with a fork. Hashem gave you fingers to enjoy, Hashem gave you that enjoyment. You have to enjoy that. Hashem, you have to when you're eating at Vermilis's, you should enjoy that feeling that you have, that sensation that you have by eating. Even taste buds. I said this once. Taste buds. What, how is it possible with the same tongue? Could you explain to me the same thing? You could taste sour. You could taste sweet. You could, how, how does that even happen? You could taste salty, ha, sugar. Like, how does, that, how, does, how does that one tongue of yours, think about your tongue. How does it work? You know what is going on in your tongue? You know how many taste buds is in your tongue? You know what kind of an invention that is? How many taste buds, millions of millions of cells going around in your taste buds to taste it hot, cold. I remember one time I had a rabbi in my house, the first time he came in, for a true story. He came into my house. His name, Ashmer, I don't mind telling you his name. Ray Goldstein came to my house once. Okay, he's by my house. There's a lot of Ray Goldstein houses. Ray Al Goldstein. I remember he came from ACL. One time he was moving back. And I remember one time I was having a Malava Malka. And I came into my house and uh, he's in there. I said, Rabbi, this is for you. So he says, what is it? I see um, like a smoke, like a smoke coming out from the ice cream. The ice cream is this cold. It's so cold. So no no, I said the cake, the the souffle, the hot cake souffle. I just put it in the oven. It just came out boiling hot. It's nice and hot. He says wait wait. So you're giving me cold ice cream with hot cake. He didn't understand the connection. Like is it cold or cold? It's hot or hot? Yeah, you have a soup that's cold and hot. Like, and inside, you taste the soup is is cold and you know what I'm saying. take a hot soup and you tell the guy, oh, it's hot soup, but inside is gonna be. Cold, you taste cold. What kind of soup is that? He didn't understand what kind of dessert is this. There's, there's cold in the hot? He couldn't understand. So oh, I just tasted it. Tasted it. Ah! <laughs> what an invention. <laughs> what a gadlud. I never heard of this. Now, how's this all happening? It's not because of the hot ice cream and it's not because of the cold ice cream, cold, cold, hot cake and that cold ice cream. It's one thing. It's like Adosh Baruch Hu gave you the taste buds that you can taste. You have to, it's your obligation in your life, every time that you eat, you, you want, you always taste what's filled forever, right? You want it forever till the last day, 120. You, it's your obligation when you taste it and you feel the sensation in your mouth when you're eating that food. That, wow, this is Hashem. Thank you. You're giving me so much anah. The fact that, that you're having that, you, you're obligated. You're obligated to thank Bore Allah for that. Like Maurice Franco was saying. He got a, what was it? So, what was the flu called? What was that flu two days you couldn't eat? Oh, I got stomach flu. Stomach flu. Got a st- food, the guy got a stomach flu 
two days. You know, usually I fast, you know, you fast the whole Yom Kippur, you, you, you eat the night before, you eat the night after, you, right? You, you fast the whole night, you fast the whole day, you eat the night, next night. He couldn't eat. He's telling you, but Finush, the eyewitness over here, he had a stomach flu, he couldn't eat the whole night, he couldn't eat the whole day, he couldn't eat the whole night, and he couldn't eat the whole day. The second, you know that is to fast straight two days in a row. Not eating nights. Not eating the night before, the day, night, the whole day. And then finally he was able to eat. He said, he said, he, he said, let me drink something. Even water, he said, he threw it up. He couldn't have anything coming down and start to throw it up. Now Hashem gave you that ability, have that sensation of eating. It's not a joke. Eating is not a joke, by the way. Eating is not a joke. That all your body works, your functioning, your kidneys. You know what it is to have to be on a dialysis? I had a friend. I had a friend. He told me. He, he, had, he had two kidney transplants. He had two kidney transplants. And he told me, he spoke to me, he said, you should know it's the hardest pain. You should just know they take you on a machine, they filter out your blood. Three hours you're there. Uh, Joey Rari was talking about his grandfather, he passed away, Joey Rari, he passed away, I don't know, in his 90s, I think. So he was telling me that at the end of his life, his, his grandfather when he would go to work, he would go to work, he was a strong guy, he would go to work, he said, in the middle of work, it would be like 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, people were having their lunch breaks. He would go to one of the, one of the, 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 the doctor clinics or something like that, the doctor's office. He would sit there and they would have to filter out his blood for two hours, three hours. He was drained out. And then if he wants to go back to work and I go back to work, you have that working. And, 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 and that's very important that you, they take advantage and enjoy it. Take advantage of your eyes that your eyes can see the food when you eat it. Imagine, I'll not forget, there was one time we had a blackout in the yeshiva. When exactly everybody made their plates, it was the craziest thing. Everybody made their plates, like whatever it was, I forgot, it was lunch, I think lunch, and all of a sudden, crazy rain, and all the food, it, it was in the basement, so there's no windows. You know what I'm saying? There's not no windows over here. At least you have windows from light from the outside. In the basement, no one's like, you know, so you have sometimes in Yeshiva, you have sub-sub basement, you know, you have a basement, they have a sub-sub, like maybe sometimes the basements have a little bit of light on the side. This is like the sub-sub, like, like, like 20 feet under, and you're eating all of a sudden blackout, and you can't even see anything. Oh, what happened? Everybody's going crazy, what happened? And then you, have, you, you hear the, the loudspeakers saying, don't worry, we can get, we can get the lights on soon, don't worry, just enjoy your food. What? Enjoy your food, you can't enjoy your food. It's a blackout, you know, you want to see how you're eating, even if you know what you're eating. So guys, having what do you like? Uh, pizza. Right, right. Let's say you eat pizza. No, but it was for breakfast. Let's say you're having uh, Cheerio. You like Cheerio? Let's say Cheerio. Even if you know you're eating Cheerios, it's not the same feeling. You close your eyes and eat the Cheerios. It's not the same feeling as looking at it. Or you like pizza. It's not the same feeling as closing your eyes and eating a pizza than seeing the pizza with the with the sauce and the thing and the. Hashem gave you that. You gotta appreciate that. And that's this. This week's parasha. He says, "Lo you call it out the the arbe." The Arbeer wasn't able to see. They, 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 couldn't, they couldn't see the Arbeer. The grasshopper could not see. And guess what? He couldn't stop eating and eating and eating. Why? Because it was never satiated. Because he couldn't see. But we can see. Take advantage of that. We learned very important lessons over here. Tonight we learned very important Try to place it around. Say it on the Shabbat table. Say it on the Shabbat table. Let the people know. A lot of people don't know these. Lessons. Everyone's a PowerPoint. You have a PowerPoint. Like we said. 
Right? Like in the beginning of Shi'ur, we had a PowerPoint that, 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 that success shouldn't get to your head. That's why Hashem let you borrow it. Don't, 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 don't take the whole thing in one shot so we don't get to that. And then the last point, that the grasshopper couldn't eat, so he kept on eating and eating and eating the grasshopper because Hashem made it like that because he couldn't eat, didn't know how much he's eating. But we, Baruch Hashem, you have the pleasure of eating, you have the pleasure of taste buds, you have the pleasure of eyes, you have the pleasure of, of, of fingers, you have the pleasure of touching the food. And therefore, you, uh, we are obligated we are obligated as we're living. We are obligated to go ahead and to appreciate and thank Borei Olam every single time for it. And, and enjoy it as you're eating. Enjoy the food as you're eating. But not enjoy like, wow, having... Enjoy it in a way where I'm thanking Hashem when I'm eating. No joke. I thank Hashem when I'm having this. Wow! I can't believe it. Thank you, Hashem! That's the... You know what you did to the food? You elevated it to the Shamaim. You know, you, you became on the next level of Kedushah. Wow! You took the food. You're enjoying it because Hashem, Hashem saying, Thank you, Hashem. You know what you're doing? You're connecting with Hashem. So you're doing. When you're enjoying it, you're connecting with Hashem. Now, I'm not telling you to go, go gusto and that food. Whatever I say, go crazy, eat, eat. No, no, no. Say, when you eat whatever you're eating, enjoy it and know that pleasure that you're eating. Hashem is giving you that at that moment that you're eating. That's what we're taking out today. That Hashem is giving you that pleasure, that sensation when you're eating. When you're having a cold drink of water, it's not because the drink is cold, it's because Hashem gave you that koach to feel the cold. You know, some people, when you feel a nerve, you know there was one time a story, a lady, it's a true story, a lady was in the news, her hand got like a like a degree. What is it? What's the highest degree burn? What is the highest degree? Third degree. The highest degree burn. She got it. She was rushed to the hospital. What happened? You know, true story. You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. She she didn't have nerve cells. If you don't have, when you touch a hot pot of soup, what happens? Your nerves feel hot, and you pull ah hot. When you feel fire, you have a nerve that telling you, oh, there's fire right there. <gasps> pull away. She couldn't feel it because she didn't have a nerve. She knows she doesn't have a nerve. So imagine she's holding on. Imagine you're holding on like this. You're leaning on a pot, hot, boiling, boiling pot, and you don't feel. All you do is you start smelling some burning. What's burning? Like what's burning? Her skin is burning. So what's going? Finally, she realized after holding the pot because she didn't have nerve cells. Did you ever thank God once in your entire life that you have a nerve to feel hot and cold in your life? Did you ever do it? Did you? Uh, right now, right now, don't raise the shield. Right now, right now. Thank you, Hashem. Shem will not put my nerve cells. Now, notice how much she's holding the pot, holding it like this, holding it, holding it. She doesn't know what's going on until she, until she smells something's burning. She looks at her skin. What the? What's going on? That's why, Rabotai, we have to appreciate every sensation and know it's coming from Boreolam. That's what you have to know. That's what we have to know. It's coming from Moreh Olam. We have to do each other. We do our part. But where is it coming from? All from Moreh Olam. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.